0: Hello and welcome to the Michael T. Justice podcast. Thanks for listening and if you'd like to respond to any of the things you hear, please hit me up here on Anchor or at Twitter at Michael T. Justice or Facebook Michael T. Justice. Hey everybody, time for another episode of People You Ought to Know About. And today we're going to look at Jawaharlal Nehru, the first Prime Minister of modern India. On August 14, 1947, when Britain granted independence to India, the country's new leader, Jawaharlal Nehru, made this speech marking the end of a long struggle for freedom. In 1885, various organizations seeking reform of British rule joined together in the Indian National Congress. At first, they simply wanted more schools and seats for Indians in the legislature. By 1907, however, the Congress was split between moderates seeking gradual dominion status for India and radicals wanting complete and immediate self-rule. An earlier split had occurred in 1906, Muslim leaders, discontented with Hindu domination of the Congress, formed the Muslim League. During World War I, the various groups were temporarily united in supporting Britain. However, after the war, Congress's militant faction was angered by Britain's slowness in responding to demands for self-rule and by the restrictions it imposed on political activity in India in 1919. Militant feelings were also stirred up by the Amritsar massacre, in which British troops attacked unarmed Indians assembled for a meeting, killing 379 people and wounding 1,200. At an Indian National Congress Party meeting in 1916, Nehru met Mahatma Gandhi, whose campaign of nonviolent resistance and civil disobedience against the British was beginning to develop. During World War I, Congress passed the Quit India Resolution in 1942, which led to imprisonment of Congress Party leaders, including Gandhi and Nehru. However, by the end of the Pop- war, Popular support for the Congress was undeniable, and Britain granted India self-rule. This is a, a truncated history of it all. Uh Gandhi could not prevent the Muslims forming their own state in Pakistan to be governed by Muhammad Jinnah. Nehru was made prime minister of the mainly Hindu country of India. Um Born in 1889, Nehru had a privileged childhood and was educated in Britain at Harrow and Trinity College in Cambridge. His father was a lawyer prominent in the nationalist movement and Jawaharlal was admitted to the English Bar and practiced law on his, own, on his return to India. However, he was more interested in politics, becoming leader of the radical wing of the Congress party and party president in 1929. Like Gandhi, Nehru was repeatedly arrested by British and imprisoned. He spent so much time in jail that he described his time as normal interludes in a life of abnormal political activity. Nehru was hugely popular in India where he was prime minister for 17 years. Determined to bring the country into the modern age of science and technology, he was the first important Indian leader to think about India in a world context. At home he raised people's awareness of the need for social concern about the poor and respect for democracy. He wrote many books, including his autobiography, Towards Freedom. Nehru died from a stroke in 1964. His daughter, Indira, became Prime Minister of India two years later. So this is the speech um, that uh, he gave... Um speech on the granting of indian independence it was given to the indian parliament a second speech on the same theme was broadcast to the indian people over the radio later that day Nehru was popularly named pandit wise man so this uh, was a speech given again on the the occasion of the granting of Indian independence in 1947 August 14 1947 Let's see. ago we made a tryst with destiny and now the time comes when we shall redeem our pledge not wholly or in full measure but very substantially at the stroke of the midnight hour when the world sleeps india will awake to life and freedom a moment comes which comes but rarely in history when we step out from the old to the new when an age ends, and when the soul of a nation, long suppressed, finds utterance. It is fitting that at this solemn moment we take the pledge of dedication to the service of India and her people, and to the still larger cause of humanity. At the dawn of history, India started on her unending quest, and trackless centuries are filled with her striving and the grandeur of her success and her failures. Through good and ill fortune alike, she has never lost sight of that quest or forgotten the ideals which gave her strength. We end today a period of ill fortune and India discovers herself again. The achievement we celebrate today is but a step, an opening of opportunity to the greater triumphs and achievements that await us. Are we brave enough and wise enough to grasp this opportunity and accept the challenge of the future? Freedom and power bring responsibility. The responsibility rests upon this assembly, a sovereign body representing the sovereign people of India. Before the birth of freedom, we have endured all the pains of labor, and our hearts are heavy with the memory of this sorrow. Some of those pains continue even now. Nevertheless, the past is over, and it is the future that beckons to us now. That future is not one of ease or resting, but of incessant striving so that we may fulfill the pledges we have so often taken and the one we shall take today. The service of India means the service of millions who suffer. It means the ending of poverty and ignorance and disease and inequality of opportunity. The ambition of the greatest man of our generation has been to wipe every tear from every eye. That may be beyond us, but as long as there are tears and suffering, so long our work will not be over. And so we have to labor and to work and work hard to give reality to our dreams. Those dreams are far for India, but they are also for the world. For all the nations and people are too closely knit together today for any of them to imagine that it can live apart. Peace has been said to be indivisible. So is freedom. So is prosperity now. And so also is disaster in this one world that can no longer be split into isolated fragments. To the people of India whose representatives we are, we make an appeal to join us with faith and confidence in this great adventure. This is no time for petty and destructive criticism, no time for ill will or blaming others. We have to build the noble mansion of free India where all her children may dwell. And that, once again, was Jawaharlal Nehru. I think I finally got his name right.